the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The big guy is in town. Yeah, hold on to your wallet. Uh, he's in town as we speak. He is uh, speaking at uh, a place in Collier Township out there on the South Hills. He's announcing his new $2.5 trillion infrastructure plan. We're going to talk about that after the break with an expert from the Heritage Foundation, but you can pretty much guess what's in there. First of all, there won't be a lot of money for infrastructure. Um, At least it won't be mostly for infrastructure. Calling it that just makes it easier to push the other stuff. And apparently the other stuff includes a lot of free stuff, like uh, free preschool, free junior college. And, of course, anytime the government starts giving away free stuff, you are going to end up with less money in your paycheck or you're going to be spending more of what's left in your paycheck on things that cost more because corporations were taxed. There's a lot of that in there. He talked about that a lot in his speech. I was listening to it right up till we went on here. And you can't have a democratic plan without going after those mean, greedy corporations, can you? You know, the people who actually create jobs. Their taxes are going to go up to pre-Donald Trump levels. The Democrats obviously were bothered by all those jobs that were created after the tax cuts. Uh, the big guy said that uh, none of the promises were fulfilled. I don't know. Before COVID-19, had I seemed to remember things going pretty well with jobs and the economy. Uh, I, I don't know. They seem to have forgotten that. Anyway, uh, and also we had the lowest unemployment we've had in 50 years. I, I, I seem to remember that. Uh, something happened uh, after Donald Trump was elected president and put his policies into, into place. And remember when Barack Obama said that it would take a magic wand uh, to bring jobs back? He couldn't have been more wrong about that. And remember, uh, we had those shovel-ready jobs that uh, Barack talked about many years ago when he was pushing an infrastructure plan. And then he eventually said uh, not long after that, well, they, they really weren't shovel-ready. So he, it was a bunch of BS. Anyway, whatever happened to those uh, shovel-ready jobs, maybe they're in this plan. Uh, rich corporations have lots of money to spend on really good accountants, and they know how to avoid taxes, and they know how to pass the costs of those tax increases onto the people who buy their company's products, like you. But uh, don't worry. There'll be lots of jobs, apparently, making solar panels and building windmills. We'll have that going for us. So get your applications in for those jobs now. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to an expert about all this uh, and just what this monstrosity will do to the economy and you. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrus.com. Pittsburgh.com. This is Dennis Prager, along with my fellow host, Mike Gallagher. We both want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October 27th to November 5th. I've been all over the world, but I can never get enough of the great state of Israel. You will be amazed and inspired in your faith. Dennis and I have planned every detail, minute by minute, of this trip to make sure you have the best experience possible. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, especially because Israel is the leading country in the world 
world in COVID vaccinations. Join us as we sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Walk the steps of the old city of Jerusalem and join us for a Shabbat service that will reenact the old traditions. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Aren't you ready to travel again? We are. So come join us. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avi and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. The big guy came to call your township today, spoke at a place where carpenters are trained, and he talked about uh, doing what Democrats do better than anybody. Just finished, actually, a few minutes ago. He talked about spending other people's money. This time it's all about infrastructure. It's a $2.5 trillion, something like that, uh, dollar plan. David Ditch is a research associate at the Heritage Foundation. He's an expert on transportation, federal spending, uh, and he joins us now. David, thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here. So, um, if you didn't hear the speech, uh, I can pretty much tell you what was in it. I think you you, you probably know what was in it. Uh, But um, should we all be holding on to our wallets at this point? Uh, I think everyone really should be uh, looking at their wallets very closely. Uh, Whether you are someone who is running a business, starting a business, or someone who just wants to make sure that their job is still around in a few years, uh, this plan would take us further down a very dangerous path. Yeah, um, he says economists are saying, this is what he said in his speech, he said that... uh, Experts are, are telling him that the economy will grow by 6% this year. How do you like the chances of that happening? Now, obviously, it's, it's, it's got the COVID issue to, to come back from, so it's more likely that you're going to have an increase because of that. But how do you feel about 6%? I say it all depends on where we're measuring from. I mean, if we're talking about is the economy going to do better this year than it did last year when we – had, for example, last spring, the economy was in the worst shape it's been in since the Great Depression. Um, Yeah, yeah, we should be doing 6% better than that. We should be measuring based on where we were before COVID, where we are this year, where where we're going to be next year. We need to make sure the economy is ready to go, that things are set up so that businesses want to hire and invest. And instead, this plan says we're going to make it harder for businesses to invest and grow and hire. And the only, the only way that the president seems to think that the economy can grow 
is by growing government, when historically the exact opposite has been the case. Yeah, how many times does that have to happen for for Democrats to um, to get the clue on that? I mean, it, it's it's not hard to find examples of it, is it? We don't have to go back that far. In fact, one would hope that President Biden could remember the dismal performance of the stimulus spending that took place under Obama back in 2009. It took us longer to get unemployment below 6.5% from when Obama took office than it did for us to get to that level in the middle of this pandemic because of how ineffective the 2009 stimulus was. And uh, I had uh, colleagues at the Heritage Foundation who ran the numbers who were there at the time. The programs were just an absolute disaster, and now we're going to do more of the same, only bigger. Yeah, and um, uh, he also said that the Trump trap cuts, uh, Trump, the Trump tax cuts uh, help the rich. Is that true? I mean, that's also an old song by the Democrats. It's that's you expect that. Well, the tax cuts do help the rich. They also help the middle class and they help the poor. They help the entire economy. Um, Again, a colleague at the Heritage Foundation named Adam Michelle has been has spent the last four years straight running the numbers before the tax cuts were enacted, after the tax cuts were enacted, looking at the response, looking at the wage growth, a wage growth, by the way, that was more focused on lower earners. You're looking at job creation. Before the pandemic hit, unemployment was at levels that no one thought was we were likely to see. It was fantastic. And yeah, it is unfortunate the pandemic hit. There was no real way that we were going to prevent at least some level of recession. But we should go back to the way things were before the pandemic when the economy was just rolling along. We never had the cyclical recession that everyone was expecting because, in large part, because tax reform was such an enormous success. And now, rather than going back to what worked, we're going to go back to what's failed. Yeah, and uh, the, the tax, the corporation, uh, the taxes on corporations was cut from 28% to 21%, and now he's saying he's raising it back up to 28 What uh, did the, what was the effect that the the tax cut from 28 to 21% had on corporations, and how quickly will the effect be seen raising it back up again, and what, what will happen now? The way we grow the economy is through investments in the private sector, whether it's someone deciding whether they want to take a risk on starting or expanding a small business, or whether it's a Fortune 500 company deciding where they want to, which country they want to invest in more. When America's tax rate is higher than in other countries, they're going to invest in other countries. And if you own a small business and suddenly those risks aren't going to pay off that much, you might not decide to hire. You might not decide to grow or start a business. And that's going to prevent us from having the economic recovery we need. Um. And he called it the biggest jobs investment plan since the end of World War II. Um, is, what do you think when you hear those, those two words together coming from a, a politician, jobs investment? When we think about investments, we're normally thinking about, again, what a business does. A business is going to hire workers. They're going to expand a, a, a production facility. What President Biden is talking about isn't investing so much as spending on things that the left likes. Um, When we think of the word infrastructure, we normally are thinking about roads and bridges. Similar to how the COVID package that just passed wasn't even 10% health care, this quote-unquote infrastructure plan spends about 5% on roads and bridges. It spends way more on corporate welfare, way more on social programs, way more on things that should be the responsibility of businesses and state and local governments. Now, what, what's the difference uh, from the perspective of the, the voter between corporate welfare and lowering or, uh, yeah, in this case, raising, but lowering corporate taxes? Why, why, is it, why, why do they sell one and, 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 and demonize the other? 
The difference is that when you're cutting corporate taxes, you're saying to all businesses, okay, you're going to get a better return, go invest, go make profits, and then give the government a 21% share. With these corporate welfare programs, like you know, subsidies for research and development, subsidies for manufacturing, you're saying, we're going to raise taxes on the vast majority of businesses, and we're going to give a whole bunch of money to a small portion of businesses that we like best. That's political favoritism, and it's absolutely wrong. And uh, in your, and we're talking to uh, David Ditch. He's a research associate at the Heritage Foundation, and his expertise is transportation and federal spending. Uh, you write that an uh, analysis found that having 10% more federal government would mean a 12 to 19% reduction in personal consumption. How does that translate to the, what, the effect on the economy? What it means is that when the federal government is spending money, they're either going to do two things. Either they're going to jack up taxes or they're going to jack up the debt or they might do both. And in both Mm -hmm. cases, that government activity pushes out the business activity, which is the driving factor behind economic growth. And it's that economic growth that in turn provides us with increases in personal consumption or the standard of living. And as Americans, we expect to have our standard of living increase bit by bit, year by year, and by a lot, generation to generation. The more you grow the federal government, the slower our standard of living increase will be. And just just looking at the math, is is it possible to spend the kind of money that he's promising to spend by only taxing the rich? It's not. And and this is another bait and switch. This plan says we're going to throw out, you know, two, two and a half trillion dollars of you know, spending in tax subsidies. They'll spend over eight years of spending and we're going to pay for it with 15 years of tax increases. Well, guess what? In eight years, the money runs out. Everyone's going to expect the gravy train to keep rolling, and they're going to need to find another place to raise taxes. And once they've already milked the top 1% and businesses, guess who they're going to come for next? And he focused today on jobs. Uh, and he said uh, this is part one of the plan. I guess part two is the uh, uh, the goodies for everybody, the free stuff. Um in a few weeks, it'll be about families. What do you suppose that means, and how uh, big do you think he's going to go? The, it's just amazing to me. They've spent $6 trillion on stimulus and COVID and bailouts over the last year. They're, going to, they're looking to spend $2 trillion here. They're going to probably throw out another $2 trillion in the, in the next package, it will focus on essentially a cradle-to-grave welfare state. And then after that, on top of everything else, they're also going to expect Republicans to support a big spending highway bill. Because, amazingly enough, this $2 trillion in infrastructure doesn't even include the normal highway bill spending. What do you mean? That, that, that there's... This is just on top of what they normally spend on on highways. Yes, and unfortunately, we 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 think of highways, but so much of it goes towards things like mass transit and Amtrak that mm-hmm. represent a very small percentage of actual trips. And as a result, for instance, uh, transit systems like in New York City, thanks to all the federal subsidies, are giving their employees one hundred fifty thousand dollars in average compensation. San Francisco is 180000 and it's only going to go up because we're going to be subsidizing them more and more if this plan packet passes. Anyway, I think I missed something there. Who's making $180,000 in San Francisco? The average transit worker. And uh-huh. I know that there are a lot of transit workers. You know, driving a bus isn't hard work, or is hard work, but is it $180,000 worth of hard work? Wow. Um, and, and of course, out in San Francisco, uh, uh, $180,000 would buy you a shack. You could actually buy, you can buy a house here in Pittsburgh for 
180 that you'd actually want to live in. You couldn't do that out in San Francisco. So, I mean, they have to pay people more out there because government screwed that up too. But um, uh, you're you're an expert on transportation. Um, how bad are the highways? He, uh, President Biden went on and on about how terrible our roads are. We're, we rank 13th in the world or something in, in, um, in I guess, bridges, the, the quality of our roads and bridges. Uh, how bad is it, and um, what, what's, the, what's the formula for fixing it? Our roads and bridges could be, should be better than they are for what we're spending, but the solution isn't to throw endless amounts of money at it. The solution is to get Washington, D.C. out of the way. There are huge amounts of federal regulation that drive up the cost of highway projects that make them take longer to complete, we can get rid of those without spending a dime, but instead the president wants to double down on that red tape and then apply that red tape to more and more infrastructure projects across the country, whether it's water, whether it's school construction, whether it's broadband, and everything we do is going to cost more money than it should. So what are some of those uh, items that drive that the regulations that drive the cost up? I'm I'm living I'm doing the show from home and I'm I live about a half a mile from a from a gigantic uh, highway construction that's been going on here for a couple of years and going to go on for several more years. Uh, interstate connecting a couple of different interstates um, and uh, the, the amount of work being done is just amazing. A lot of people working. It's great. You see, you know, a lot of a lot of jobs out there but what what's what are the what's the red tape that you're talking about that's making a project like this cost more than it should it it goes to something that president biden talks about a lot which is labor unions uh unfortunately with the rules that are in place for example a very old law called the davis bacon act it means that rather than the government say going to contractors and saying okay we want this road built to this these specifications Who's going to do the job the best and the fastest? They are instead saying, we demand that you pay workers this amount. We demand that you give them uh, a thing called project labor agreements, that you set these work rules. It essentially pushes out most private contractors unless they're already aligned with the labor unions. And in a lot of states, especially you right-to-work states in the Midwest, that's increasing construction costs by 30% or more. We're talking to David Ditch, uh, finishing up here. He's a research associate at the Heritage Foundation. He's an expert on transportation and federal spending. You're going to see a lot of federal spending coming up here soon. Um, he did, uh, the president did, I uh, hear, uh, I heard him mention uh, high-speed rail from uh, coast to coast. They've been throwing that out there for, what, about 50 years now? And what it's are the chances of that happening? Literally, not even two years ago, the state of California, where there were no opposition to high-speed rail whatsoever, announced that they've pretty much failed after years of effort, after tens of billions of spending. They weren't able to construct anywhere close to the high-speed rail that they were hoping to that would have gone along the western seaboard. And meanwhile, we expect the federal government working across a wide variety of states, many of which are not progressive utopias that don't care about how much things cost. It's absolutely nonsense on silts. The only place the intercity rail makes sense is the strip from Boston to Washington, D.C. Everywhere else across the country, the distances are too big. People are too spread out. Flying makes sense and is economical. High-speed rail doesn't make sense. We're not it's crowded as Japan and China, and we shouldn't try to develop our infrastructure the way they do. I have uh, less than a minute left, and I'm up against a hard break. I just, just uh, David Ditch, what is the worst-case scenario you see coming as a result of this plan, assuming that uh, it passes through the, the Congress? The worst-case scenario is that we're going to have an America that is completely beholden to Washington, D.C., that is riddled with debt and riddled with taxes, and we're going to lose so much of the American dream that we all grow up with. Well, I, I thought I thought that ended like uh, about four and a half years ago, but uh, we're we're back there again, aren't we? Well, <laughs> we'll 
We'll see what happens. David, thanks for being here. Pleasure to talk to you. Okay, that's David Ditch of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden in Pittsburgh and will soon announce his infrastructure proposal. The announcement will address how to modernize roads, railways, and bridges, and could include some $3 trillion in new taxes. A new report says U.S. deaths last year topped 3.3 million, the nation's highest ever annual death toll. That includes about 375,000 deaths from the COVID-19 pandemic. The CDC report stated COVID-19 was the third leading cause of deaths in the U.S. after heart disease and cancer. Honda recalling more than 628,000 vehicles in the U.S. to replace fuel pumps that can fail, causing the engines to stall. The recall covers much of the Honda and Acura model lineup from 2018 to 2020. Stocks closing mixed, the Dow fell 85 points, the Nasdaq gained 201 points. This is SRN News. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. AM 1250, The Answer. The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. Cases are dropping in those notorious states, and the states that are clamped down, cases are going up. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea how to stop coronavirus. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use my pillow and I'm sleeping much better lately. You can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, robes, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one, get one free offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right. Buy one set of sheets and get another absolutely free. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. Just go to mypillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087 for these great radio specials. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at TheAnswerPGH.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Looks like some congestion on the Parkway West inbound from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway East, a few delays on the inbound side, approaching the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and on your way to the Fort Pitt Ridge. Construction on Bound Boulevard at Shady Side area between Graham Street and Highland Avenue. Work also happening on inbound Fifth Avenue between Chesterfield Road and Robinson Street in the Oakland area. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Tonight will be cloudy with some rain mixing with then changing to all snow as it becomes blustery and much colder. Snow accumulating a coating to an inch or so, mostly on non-paved surfaces, but watch for slippery spots The low 29. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, windy and much colder with a couple of snow showers. Tomorrow's high 33. Friday will be brisk and chilly with sunshine and a few clouds. Friday will reach a high of 41. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, I can't tell you the last time uh, I watched a late night comedy show. I was a big fan of David Letterman until he stopped being funny sometime around the, uh, the turn of the century. I saw enough highlights the last five years to know that it was all about Donald Trump, though. And uh, Donald Trump's not around anymore. So what's going on now? That's why it's good to have people like Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com and the Daily Wire around. He can watch these shows so we don't have to. Christian, thanks for being here, and thanks for watching the shows for us. <laughs> I check out all the clips and the news clippings. I don't actually sit there and watch them, but I, I yeah. catch enough to see what's going on. Yeah, I'm guessing that's this. I think a lot of people are doing that. That's why the ratings stink, I'm pretty sure. Um, there's there's never been a better or easier source of comedy in the White House than Joe Biden. So the late night guys should be in comedy heaven, right? You would think. I mean, if they were honest about it, they would be. They'd be having a, a grand time, and they don't seem to be. And uh, just a quick note, you know, when you look at the landscape of late night, very few Biden jokes, no Kamala Harris jokes for sure. If there are, they're very, very uh, minor. But recently, two different publications, I believe it was USA Today and The Washington Post, wrote stories about this and saying, by golly, that Joe Biden, he's just too tough. He's, what do you make fun of? He's, you know, he's, he's impossible to mock. He's, he's so <laughs> gentle and he's so competent. And, yeah, uh, you know, smart. so comedians are really stuck. So, so they're, they're uh, they actually don't see it. It's, I mean, I saw some headlines after one of his really bad speeches. I forget which one it was, where they said they, uh, I forget which network it was, or maybe it was one of the the, the Post or somebody. Uh, they they referred to him as being crisp, and uh, and on in, in command. He looked like he was ready to pass out and drool all over himself. So. To be fair, uh, the, the fawning and the spinning over how they avoid telling jokes about Biden are actually funnier than the jokes they don't tell. <laughs> so, so they've ignored his gaffes and his cheat sheets, pretty much. You know, uh, Saturday Night Live mentioned the cheat sheets once in passing. They had a, uh, a sketch where a Biden came on stage, and they've, they've, they've barely shown any kind of Biden impersonator since he took office. And one line, that was it. And then they show him... Uh, you know, doing the whole like um, spreading money out to the to the people because of the uh, the COVID nineteen relief situation. So, you would think you'd build an entire sketch around a world leader who needs cheat sheets, who needs propping up, and who gets softball after softball. That would be, I mean, there's comedy gold there to be mined. But they don't. Today's late night show hosts are not there to do comedy. It's not their prime directive anymore. It's not what they care about. It's about propaganda and sending a message. That's it. Yeah, th those shows used to be uh, uh, about comedy, and uh, David Letterman would do great uh, uh, skits where he would leave the studio and go out and mingle with people and uh, uh, just do ridiculous things, drop watermelons off of buildings, you know, to see what it looks like when they crash down below. He, he just he did things that um, were were uh, lighthearted and funny and and. Uh, they don't do that anymore. So, so who are their targets now? I, you know, I can't imagine a single person who is legitimately right of center watching these shows because it's a daily insult session. You know, people insulting not just Trump or, or Tucker Carlson, but often they target Trump fans or GOP uh, voters. So it, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, just a quick note. A, a year or two ago, someone asked Jimmy Kimmel about this. And he said, you know, you're probably you know, alienating a lot of your Republican viewers, if not all of them. And you know, what do you think about that? And Jimmy Kimmel's response was, well, not good riddance, but riddance. I think that says that speaks volumes. Yeah. So, um, does that make sense for, a, for, a, um, uh, for, for a TV? I worked at TV for a long time. I think ratings are pretty important. And the, what is the point of alienating half of your potential? I mean, they, they do know that 75 million people voted for Donald Trump, right? 
Yeah, you know, I think the way the, the media landscape is today is different than the Johnny Carson days. I think sure. back in those days, you were Johnny Carson, you needed to get everybody on board. You needed to get as many mm-hmm. people on the left, on the right to watch your show, and that's what he did. But I think the fact that, the, that there are so many different outlets, so many different streaming channels, I think you can survive on more modest ratings and be a success whereas you couldn't do that years ago. So uh, uh, Stephen Colbert will never draw Johnny Carson numbers at all. He just won't. He just can't. No, but he's doing gonna. enough where he gets the, the million-dollar paycheck, so he's able to survive. Yeah, uh, and I again, I, uh, when I, and we're, we're talking to Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com. That's HollywoodInToto, T-O-T-O.com. Um, um, I... When I say I don't watch, um, Christian, I haven't. I if, if you added up the total number of minutes that I've watched any one of the late night talk shows, the CBS, ABC, or NBC, it wouldn't total six minutes in the last ten years. I'm not exaggerating. I, I it just even it doesn't even occur to me to to turn them on, and, and and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. What's interesting about this, and it may be partially solved on Monday when Greg Gutfeld's uh, show yeah, becomes a late that, yeah. night show. But you know, we, you mentioned the monetary point of it. Like they're 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 not you know they're not reaching out to you or me, so they're losing money, and yet they're able to survive. I think they are surviving. But wouldn't you think one channel, one streaming network, someone would say, you know what, let's make a right of center show because like Fox News is very successful because it's sort of an anomaly. We'd make that one show with a right of center host and then just really reach out to the other half of the country. And I would think, unless it's terrible, it'd be pretty darn successful, but no one even wants to do that. So, you know, good for Fox News for doing it, but that's sort of the business model, so it makes sense. But why not a CBS or even a Hulu or Netflix, you know, give a Dennis Miller a show, an Adam Carolla a show, someone who's legitimately funny and smart, but, you know, right-leaning. And what people don't, I think what a lot of people miss when they look at the ratings for Fox is uh, you'll hear a lot, well, Fox doubled the ratings for MS, you know, primetime I'm talking about. Uh, they doubled the ratings for MSNBC and CNN, and they're just, they're just killing them. But if you add up CNN and MSNBC many nights, it's equal to Fox, and they're very close to being equal to Fox. And so Fox has benefited from being... Uh, the, uh, the, the 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 only conservative leaning net, uh, network at night that's of any consequence, and the other two CNN and MSNBC fight over the liberals. Uh, I, it was a great point you just made about you could do the same thing should be true of late night comedy. There's three. Uh, I don't know how many shows there are now if you count the the late late night ones, uh, the three eleven thirty shows, and the, and then whatever after that. Uh, they're all the same as far as their wh- which direction they lean in. You're right. Wh- why wouldn't wh- why wouldn't some programmer, regardless of his politics, say, "Hey, you want to make some money? Let's let let them fight over the liberals. Let's get all the conservatives." Yeah, it, you know, I've been saying lately, it's show business with an asterisk, and that's true. But here's another point: you've got all these different shows fighting over the same material, and often doing kind of stale stuff. I mean, I'm a Listen, Trump was someone you could poke fun at for sure. No one's going to deny that. But at the same time, after a while, how many Trump jokes can you stand? I mean, even with President Bill Clinton, sort of the Randy jokes, I mean, they became stale too. Look at if you're a right-of-center person. Look around you at the woke landscape, at uh, AOC, at Nancy Pelosi. You have enough material that the jokes literally write themselves. And, and, and yeah. no one's touching them. So you could be fresh and original and very funny and topical, and none of that is happening. So now let's get that gets us to uh, Greg Gutfeld, who's a funny guy, a conservative guy who's funny. Uh, I have to admit, I, I've seen a little bit of his show, but I, 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 I mean, I've watched some of it. I, I, it's not something that I don't consider it must-see TV for me. It's, I guess it's Saturday nights. But um, – What's he gonna? What, what's his effect gonna be? What What can they expect? I mean, uh, what would be their uh, realistic goal there, as far as numbers? You know, I mean, I think it's similar to what Fox News does in general, kind of counter culture, countering the tide. I, I literally just spoke to Greg a few hours ago for a story I'm working on, and a couple of interesting things. He, you know, he talked about not, you know, he'll poke fun at Biden, the president, but he's not going to really assail uh, Biden voters. Like that's not his shtick. 
which is interesting because mm-hmm. that's kind of the opposite of what happens on late night. And he also said, you know, he doesn't know if he could get access to a Tom Hanks or a George Clooney just based on its Fox News. But he doesn't necessarily want them. He wants interesting people, maybe podcasters, maybe, you know, inventors and scientists, maybe authors. So I think what he's looking to do is to do something a little bit different, maybe guests who are a little bit meatier as far as what they can talk about. So, again, that's interesting as well. I don't think you see that on a regular basis across the dial. So he's not going to um, necessarily be focusing a lot on entertainment. He's not going to be bringing actors out, plugging their movies, uh, and that kind of thing. It's you think it's going to look different from that standpoint? Yeah, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of comedians on there. I, I think that's part of the, the model that he's looking at. It just won't be a standard late-night show. You'll have your monologue, maybe some you know funny bits here and there. I think he's going to lean more into the comedy than he has in his other shows, which are a little, a little harder political commentary. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, he used to do Red Eye years ago on Fox News, and that was a real... He just didn't know what to expect from it. And I think he, he, talking to him, he didn't know what to expect himself. It was a real experimental, let's see what flies, let's see what fails kind of a thing. So I think that kind of spirit would be very welcome. Because, you know, one of the reasons why podcasting is interesting is because people kind of break the format and don't kind of fall into certain tropes. And I think late night is very rigid at times. And I think that, you know, maybe he can shake things up a bit and maybe even draw some liberals into the crowd. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, uh, we're talking to uh, Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com. He also writes uh, for the Daily Wire. Where else can people find you, uh, Christian? Well, I uh, appear occasionally at TheHill.com, and I just started working for Real Clear Investigations. I had a story about big tech crushing uh, right of center comedians recently, and I'm working on a new story, which should go out probably next week. So uh, uh, these are you know deeper pieces, more uh, more context more depth. Uh, not, yeah, I usually kind of write in a more newsy kind of style. This would be a little bit meatier, so uh, people can check that as well. And what's wrong with you being a, con- uh, a conservative and trying to work in Hall- and, do- and, and be uh, the purveyor of a, of a website called HollywoodandToto.com? Don't you know that's insane to, for a conservative <laughs> to be even talking about? It is insane. Uh, when you have a goofy name like mine, you've got to kind of put it to use in some capacity. But, you know, I was sort of a traditional movie critic, and I thought, gosh, all of my peers are left of center. I, I am genuinely right of center, and I think that half the country needs a film critic to talk about them and to kind of reach out to them and, and speak for them. So that's what I do. What a concept. So what's it, what, what kind of reception do you get from your peers and your colleagues uh, in the, in mm-hmm. the uh, media business? You know, covering, I'm generally, you know, I think I'm, I'm accepted. Um, I don't get a lot of flack. Once in a while, there have been incidents here or there. But, you know, I try to treat my site uh, as a journalistic en- uh, endeavor. I'm not name-calling. I'm not being mean-spirited. I'm not pushing rumors. So I'm trying to be as factual as possible. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to liberals on my site. If they've got a movie that's interesting, I'm, you know, we'll talk it up and, and, and share what the movie has to say. And I don't want to be that person who's like, hates a liberal movie because it's liberal. If it's a good film, I'll give it a, I'll give it a good rating. You know. Do you run into people who are closet conservatives in in the in the entertainment business who uh, tell you secretly that they agree with you on a lot of things, but uh, don't tell anybody? Uh, I do. I, I hear it firsthand and secondhand. More so secondhand, but I've spoken to different actors who will say, "Hey, can you kind of keep this quiet? I don't want to. I don't want to be openly conservative. It could." could cost me something and and i believe them and it's true i mean it's funny every year or so there's a story in like variety or the hollywood reporter basically admitting that there's a significant bias against people who are right of center in hollywood and they just kind of shrug their shoulders like it's no big deal well that's a terrible deal it's unfair and it does echo sort of the mccarthy era especially where we're leaning into right now uh that shouldn't be you should be able to to share your thoughts and still get a job and uh the fact that there, there's no outrage about it is an outrage to me so how widespread is it that I'm talking about people who, I mean, how many people are people who are listening to this show watching on whatever their favorite entertainment show is, or if they, if they uh, see a movie or uh, some, some kind of drama on TV or music or whatever, uh, how often are they watching a conservative that they don't realize is a conservative? From what I hear consistently is no hard and fast numbers, but it's more than you think. And, you know, you have to also realize that a lot of actors don't get political. You know, for every Scarlett Johansson or a Mark Ruffalo, there are others who just want to do the work. And I appreciate that. And they may be left of center or right of center. But, 
it's a really hard business. And I, I have a lot of empathy for actors because there's always someone behind you who's younger and better looking and, and just as talented looking to get your role. So it's, it's a tough business. And a lot of people just want to keep their heads down and, and work. But there are a lot, a lot of people who share a lot of nasty messages from, from, le- from the left in Hollywood. And I have to say, as someone who got into this business, because I love movies and I love Hollywood, it, it wears me down to, to hear actors just spread out and out lies about political issues with no sort of, uh, you know, no fact checks. There's no consequences to what they say. It's, it, it, it bums me out. <laughs> I got to be honest. I, I feel very cynical toward the industry, even though, again, I kind of sculpted my career to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And I should be, I should be completely happy. And I am to a certain extent, but uh, the political side of things is, is can be nauseating. Uh, we've got a minute left, uh, Christian. Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com. Last thing, um, we get back to what we started with here, the, the, uh, the late night people. We're only two months into his presidency. Can they survive for four years without, with a president they love? I mean, they gonna be able to, are they going to be able to do it? Because they don't know anything else. They don't. And, and I really I feel sorry for them uh, if and when it's President Harris, because if you think that they're ignoring Biden humor, oh, they yeah. will not be a single joke that I mean, again, they'll tell right. jokes, but they may be more positive in nature. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I think the ratings are down a little bit on the late night scene. Maybe it's a transition from Trump to Biden. They're kind of clinging on to that. And there's still a few Biden, uh, Trump jokes sticking around. But I agree when you scare off half the country and then you have, you know, your political satire show where it's all gums and no bite. I don't think that's a sustainable model, but I could be wrong. Well, hey, Christian, I really appreciate you being on, and you made the mistake of giving you your phone number, so I'm going to be calling <laughs> you again. Uh, you you do the kind of stuff I really like to talk happy. about. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sounds Thanks good. a lot, Christian. Okay, we'll be right back. Executive producer and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy Church People with a special guest appearance from Mike himself. Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor, Guy Sides, realizes he's stuck in the megachurch marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dissuading his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch Church People at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings at SalemNow.com. Do you know where you can find all your favorite Skechers shoes plus amazing styles you probably never even knew existed? Skechers.com. Because at Skechers.com, we have miles and miles of styles of the most comfortable shoes on the planet. We have boys and girls shoes that sparkle and light up. We have retro chic looks like Skechers Delight, so you can rock your best street style. Skechers.com has work shoes, slip-ons, sports shoes, casual shoes, canvas shoes, even bobs by Skechers that help save the lives of pets. We have performance shoes like Go Walk, Go Run, Go Golf, and You by Skechers. No matter how you like to be active, Skechers.com has you covered. The styles are endless. And on Skechers.com, you can find all the fits you need. Relaxed fit, wide fit, stretch fit, seamless fit, flex fit, and many more. We're the fit specialists. Plus, you can find so many shoes with Skechers' exclusive air-cooled memory foam. Skechers is world famous for comfort, and once you try some on, you'll understand why. So find all the styles, all the fits, and all the comfort for your whole family. Only at Skechers.com. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories, trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. 
Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. I liked having uh, Christian Toto on. You can check him out at HollywoodInToto.com. I, uh, it's nice to find a conservative writing about entertainment. We'll be having him on again, I can guarantee you that. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of entertainment, uh, the Supreme Court was hearing... Uh, the uh, case for Division One, uh, well, for college athletes getting paid, and according to the stories I'm seeing, it's not looking like a good day for the NCAA and the schools that don't want to pay athletes. Um, the, both the uh, Republican and uh, well, the conservative and the liberal justices asked questions that seem to uh, show that they're kind of siding with the uh, with the athletes wanting to be paid. But there's this is something that. Um, that bothered me here. This is a quote uh, during this proceedings from Justice Elena Kagan. She's obviously a liberal. She told Seth Waxman, he's the NCAA's attorney and a former U.S. Solicitor General, quote, these are competitors all getting together with total market power fixing prices. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess you can't argue with that when you're talking about NCAA college football, but I've been asking this question for 25 years at least. How is that different from the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NFL? Are they not competitors getting together with total market power, fixing prices? Who competes with the NFL? Who competes with Major League Baseball? Uh, or any of those, any of the four major professional sports leagues in America? Who's competing with them? When does anybody ever compete with them? So why is, it the, why is the focus on colleges? Like, uh, they're the Lone Ranger here. It's happening everywhere. I think what they need to do is fix, especially the NBA and the NFL, so that they're not using colleges for their minor league development. That's the problem. The kids have nowhere to go to play except the NFL and the NBA. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.